Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Live at the Greenbrier Resort in West Virginia for Browns training camp, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop, Nathan Zagura, and Gerard Cherry. Oh boy, let's do it live. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet, sports betting partner of your Cleveland Browns, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. I am merely Bo. He is the great Z. He is in West Virginia. Country Roads took him home. Day three in the books already, my friend. You've been busy. We have been busy, Bo. It's great to be talking with you. I've missed you as I'm here at the Greenbrier America's Resort, the Sports Performance Center, situated in the mountains of West Virginia. And, and yeah, the Browns are starting to kind of ramp things up and get into work. The first day we flew in on Saturday and we saw them come out just in hats, uh, no helmets or anything like that, in shorts, and just offense work together, defense work together on separate fields. And then yesterday on Sunday, we saw the Browns put helmets on, but it was very much like phase two. If you remember phase two of the yeah. OTAs where the team could not have any 11-on-11 or 7-on-7. So yesterday was kind of the same thing, just in helmets, uh, going through offense on one field, defense on the other. And then, of course, Cade York's getting his work, as well as Corey Bajorquez, Charlie Hewlett, Joe Charlton. They're getting their work in uh, on special teams. And then today was the first really official practice of training camp. But still, we did see an 11-on-11 period today that was maybe the first two steps were full speed and then everything after that was a jog through we did not see any seven on sevens the expectation is that tomorrow the shells come on and tomorrow is the first day that we'll start to see kind of more full speed 11 on 11 seven on seven the players will be off wednesday they'll be back thursday in shells and then friday saturday are the padded practices so that's kind of where everything stands right now um you know not a whole lot to see at this point, to be honest with you. It's much more, I think, a mental exercise for the players. And I would say on that note, good that you know we didn't see the ball hit the ground at all. There were no center quarterback exchange issues, anything like that. And we didn't see any plays have to be restarted because somebody was in the wrong spot. Uh, we did see one defensive uh, lineman, Tristan Hill, jumped off sides and got a little bit of an earful, and they had to restart one play. But other than that, everybody was kind of really on the ball. And I think that's what this is all about at this point. Not, not a whole lot of, of football per se, but some good team bonding, which we'll get into, and obviously some good mental work out here on these very beautiful fields. Let me ask you this. You've been to, uh, you know, how many, how many training camps is this for you? So my first would have been 13. So, so on 10? 11, I think. 11, okay. Yeah. Um, we, we typically were in Berea. Correct. What, what, obviously, other than the topography and the landscape and the views, um, is there a mood that's different? What, what do you make of this early on? So I, I do think so. And, you know, I talked with uh, general manager Andrew Barry while we were watching practice. I, I was talking to him on the sideline. And, you know, when he was in Indianapolis, they did this every year. So coming to the Browns and in Philly, I think they do it for a week as well. You know, this was he hadn't done that yet. 
And he thought it was very valuable because everybody could kind of get together. We hear the word bonding, but really what I think it means is you're around each other all the time. You learn more about each other as people. You have such a focus because some of the most of the distractions of your regular life, you know, at home, whether it be sure. family, it's they're not there. So it's just about you kind of coming together with, you know, Cedric Tillman said, come together with your brothers and just, you know, learning about each other. And, and I'll talk a little bit more about that in a second, but also, yeah, just the focus is on football. Like what you have to do here is kind of hang out with each other and then dive into your playbook, watch tape football. So it, it really is kind of a comprehensive and, and all-inclusive, to use a resort term, football experience for these guys. And I think that there is something, you know, perhaps valuable to that. We'll know, you know, when it comes down to it, when we see it in the real games. But I do think that there is some to it. I know I talked with Deshaun uh, at today after practice and – he thinks this has been great. And he had obviously come up here twice before at the Houston Texans, so yeah. he knows the drill up here very well. But he thinks this has been very valuable and, and, and great. And, you know, he's opened up one of the big things they do. You remember the 4-H talks? We've talked about that so oh, many yeah. times. So Deshaun gave his 4-H talk on the first night. It was on Saturday night, I believe. Was it, I believe it was Saturday. But the first night, it was the first or second. It was either Saturday night. Yeah, yesterday was Sunday. It was Saturday night. Yeah. So the days are running. Oh, it's very hard to know what day it is. I will, I I will say that. Yes. Gibby has yes. not been thrown out by security. No, Gibby is still here live. Well, we were kind of thrown out of a restaurant last night, but we'll get to that in a second. Yes. Oh, my God. Now, that being said, security has given me gear. Greenbrier security has given you gear? Of the Browns? Yes. The black and white? Uh, I, have, I have hats. I have pullovers. Just saying. Just oh for boy. you. Look Multiple? Who's, look who's got the con now, baby. Oh, baby. Oh, look boy. At, look at Big Gibbe. Big Gibbe. Oh, Gibbe. my gosh. Yep. I'm not getting Just... kicked out. I'm kicking you out. Oh, my. Wow. Oh, yeah, my I think gosh. That was wise, Gibbe with I think, authority. I think it was smart of them to give him that to prevent any issues from arising for Gibbe. He could think, well, I'm with the Brown security. Smart, smart. I, I like that. I have behaved myself. We yeah, all have. It's I, been I great. I don't really think you can get into a whole lot here. No, there's not. There certainly <laughs> isn't. Um, but... <laughs> I just want to go back real quick. So on Saturday Sorry. night, Deshaun gave his 4-H talk to the team. Yeah. And, you know, for him, he said, I really kind of just, you know, spoke from the heart and kind of bared his soul to the team. And I think that that was received, obviously, very well. Other players have given their 4-H talks while they're up here as well. And uh, it's it's been pretty – it's been pretty cool. I definitely – this is a team that definitely has great chemistry. But, again, we can talk about all of these things and even talk yeah. with the players. They all know it. It's about what this team does – Come week one and all the way through, hopefully, the Super Bowl, right? Like, everything is there. This team is bonding. This team is talented. This team is well coached. They're just going to have to execute, and these are part of the steps and the bricks to build that foundation to kind of make the question of whether or not they'll execute in those critical moments be less of a question. It feels, from the from the outside looking in, I'm, I'm not down there with you guys, obviously, but just in uh, – it does feel like they've created almost a football-only bubble Yes, that's in the middle fair. of the mountains of West Virginia. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. You know, all the meals are out here at the Sports Performance Center. That's where the weight room is for them. That's where all the training rooms are. Everything is kind of out here, so they're you know at their rooms for a brief period of time. But for the most part, they're here from the start of the day till the end of the day, right here in this kind of football bubble at the Sports Performance Center. So it you're I think you hit the nail on the head. That's exactly what it is, and you know it's funny. This is day three. 
it feels like we've been here for a long time already. Not necessarily in a bad way. On Friday. Not necessarily in a bad way. It just feels like we've been here for a long time, and so there's, I think, a lot that can be accomplished in these eight days because each day has such ample time to be able to focus on the things that, you know, as a football team, you need to focus on to accomplish your ultimate goal. So I think from that standpoint, it's been, it's been positive. Uh, the players are seeming to enjoy it, so that's good. I, I think, it, you know, this kind of thing could go south if everybody's like, you know, this stinks. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's been, it's been good so far. And I think you can feel there's a little bit of energy, and I, I think we'll really see that. The guys are kind of anxious to get in pads. That's still not till Friday, which is so long from now. Seems wild, but that's kind of – I think it's gone well. Lots of news coming out as well. Um, and this dropped um, on, on Saturday. We started getting news of stuff. We had um, the non-football injury list, which included Colby Gossett, Anthony Schwartz, and Mike Woods. And then the, the big one, though, I think, was the non-football illness list. So this was Marquise Goodwin. Um, Goodwin with blood clots, 10-year veteran signed with us in the offseason. Uh, remember, he was one of the stars of, of minicamp. Um, his ability to get deep was something that you just really couldn't put a price on how valuable that was. And he brought a skill set that we really just didn't have on the roster. Um, yeah. And so I think we, we've known about this for a little bit. Um, and so uh, that becoming official o- over the weekend, who knows what this looks like from a return standpoint. Um, but I also would have to say that, that this, is, uh, this is a major blow. Um, to get this to get this news over the weekend that Marquise Goodwin's future would be certainly uncertain in terms of when it would actually start here with the Browns. So a couple things on that. Number one, I mean, everybody obviously in the organization knew that this was coming in terms of the public announcement, and I think everybody's priority number one is Marquise's health. You know, blood clots are very scary. Being on blood thinners can be a very scary thing. Uh, and I actually, as soon as we got up here, the first day I saw him on the field, I went and talked with him for a few minutes and just, you know, let him know that everybody just is first and foremost, you know, concerned with his health and that, you know, he just he wants to get back out here. I think we're going to know maybe sooner than people might expect if he will be available to the Browns this season. There's a chance I'm told that there is a possibility that he's actually available for the entire season. Now, there's oh, wow. a possibility that if, you know, things don't go the way that people are hoping they do and the problem is not cleared up, then he could be out for significant portions of the season if not the entire season so I think we'll have a better idea you know as we approach the start of the regular season what Marquise's availability will be and obviously everybody would hope that his health issues are resolved uh, and that he is able to play because number one if his health issues are resolved that's a great thing for him as a human being and then number two get to the football side of it he likes playing professional football and the Browns are he's a big part of what the Browns are going to do this year so we'll hope that that's what happens if it does not happen here are the kind of, I think, the options as you see it for the Browns. You know, either Jalen Darden, who we know can fly, either he or Jakeem Grant can kind of step into that role of the space creator, the clear-out route guy who can also beat you over the top deep. They both have the skills to do so. We just have to see how Jakeem is. We haven't really seen him participating in any team drills yet as he works his way back uh, from his Achilles. And then for Jalen Darden, it's can he master – you know, the mental side of it. Can he master the assignment and alignment and be where he's supposed to be all the time? Because from a skill set standpoint, he's got it all. He's got the speed. He's got the ability to get deep. So those are two of the things that we're going to be watching here, especially those two guys while Goodwin is out, hoping, of course, for the good news. And then, you know, hoping, if not, that one of those two guys can step up. And if that doesn't happen, then perhaps, you know, you're going to have to look 
outside the organization to try to address that role on the football team. But for Marquise Goodwin, a tremendous guy. He's out here every day. Yeah. He's still out here running around. Um, he looks to be – he's still in tremendous condition. He's still fast as heck, I can tell you that. Yeah. Uh, and is in very good spirits about it all. So hopefully this will, you know, have uh, a happy ending for him and for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, that's – um, yeah, he's just such a unique skill set. And so to, to have him a part of this would be – uh, an incredible thing if if that is able to get to get flipped around and and he's able to be available. Um, there were some injuries that have stacked up. Uh, not injury, nothing serious, but there has been some stuff stacked up the first couple of days. Uh, Z news on Amari Cooper and then rookie tackle Dewan Jones as well. What do you have on those fronts? Yeah, Amari Cooper is going to be fine. They're just it's a vet and they're just being extremely cautious at this point in the season. You know, Amari Cooper is Kevin Stefanski kind of laid out over the weekend. You know, the plan for the vets and the starters really in the preseason is game one is not for them. So yeah. the earliest he would be playing would be game two, which is at home against the commanders. Week three, we go to Philadelphia and the joint practices. That'll be the work for the starters. They will not play in that one. And then game four against the Chiefs sounds like you could see the starters get some action again there. So Amari not really going to get into any significant action for a couple of weeks anyway. Uh, I don't know that he'd miss that time. I think it's more kind of just how he's feeling and what the Browns want to do. But I think he'll be back very soon. And this is not anything that is a threat in any way, shape, or form uh, to his ability to start the season, nor is it related to his core muscle surgery that he had this offseason. And Dewan Jones was just an illness on Sunday's practice. Was he back today? Not back today. No, he's just he's sick. You know, he's just sick. He's sick. Where he's dealing with you know fevers and nausea and all of those things. Like uh, uh, he came up here and and that's kind of but he, but no concerns there. And I was told in fact that he came back uh, to camp in tremendous condition. Oh, great! Had Good. lost a significant amount of weight while also adding uh, I guess twelve pounds of of lean muscle. So. They're very pleased with the work that he put in. So this is just kind of an unfortunate kind of outlier illness. Uh, and then you expect Dewan Jones to be back very soon. And then guys that we, you know, it was good to see Sione and AWOC back in the small capacity. Uh, yep. But those guys building back towards being full go. Yeah, so far Sione, AWOC, um, Jakeem Grant, and um, who am I blanking on right now? Those three are working themselves back. I think I guess those would be the three that are like really returning from significant injuries. They're building themselves back, able to do some individual stuff, and I think it'll ramp up more and more as it goes on. And Sione Takitaki has made an incredible recovery from his ACL, and there's a, there's now a definite thought that he will be wow. – not a thought, that he will be ready to go for this season. AWOC's battling back from what is a, a much different and, and probably maybe more difficult at times – uh, injury to return from, uh, but both of those guys are doing well. Jakeem Grant is doing well. Then it'll be a matter of kind of ramping up to get them. Uh, Anthony Schwartz continues to miss valuable time, and for a guy that I think was, you know, scratching and clawing for his Cleveland Browns football life, you know, starting off training camp on the sideline with a hamstring is, is probably not the best place for him. Um, but he can't get healthy. No, it's it's unfortunate, and I think well sometimes, like I said, you know he's a he is a world class sprinter, and when you are a world class sprinter, you're probably a very long but very tight muscles, and he's got that explosion and the ability to hit top speeds, but he's like a sports car, and you know yeah, sports cars that way that are finely tuned, right? Finicky, and you know to reach that level of performance, you know you're kind of there's a lot of stress on your body, but that's kind of where everything stands here for the most part. Most part, 
you know, nothing notable really on those fronts. Amari, as I said, was not serious. Dewan Jones will yeah. be back as soon as he's, you know, healthy. Um, but everything's gone very well up here, very smoothly. And, and, you know, we're just continuing day by day to add slightly more to the intensity. So tomorrow will be the – every day is kind of the most intense day that we've had, and, and yet we have not reached anywhere on the intensity meter. It's as Deshaun told me, you know, these are, these are mostly mental practices to get a quick look at the defense and its drop, understand where the ball would go, the progressions to get the ball there, and, and that's pretty much it. We had some number changes as well. Uh, Greg Newsom going to number zero, JOK yep. to six, and Mike Ford Jr. to 28. Um, just from a, and I've had this from, you know, more than one, but especially in the JOK situation, like they sold a lot of 28s last year. Yeah. So that's a, is there a, I know that the, I'm not expecting you to have to answer to this, but when there is a Jersey change like that, is there a get right for the consumer on that side of things? I do wonder that's something that I always think about when I, when I see a Jersey change like this, you think about spending a hundred and some bucks on a Jersey and then all of a sudden it's irrelevant. What I thought they did in the past, like you were able to bring them in and get them kind of altered up to the to the new one, um, but I, I don't. I, I can't. I'm not expecting you to know I it. I just yeah, always I feel bad for the fan in that regard because it's like sure. you invest in a number and then the guy switches. Uh, he'll look cool in six. I don't he love looks great zero. In six. I don't love I don't zero love on zero. a football player. I just think it looks it looks a little odd on a football jersey. I think you got to go double zero, which is. Also a little bit odd, invoking the great Jim Otto. But yeah, uh, we have the single digits covered. I mean, now on defense, you got Juan Thornhill at one. You got Greg at zero. You got Awok at four. You got uh, – at five, I'm sorry. You've got JOK at six. And offensively, you got Deshaun at four. Elijah Moore's at eight. Amari. Amari's at two, isn't he? He's two, yeah. Yeah. So you need seven and nine? Kellen Mon Kellen Mon is seven. Yeah. And then nine is Jakeem Grant. So we got them all. So that's it. All the singles are gone. None of them are punters or kickers anymore. No. Mm-mm. They've no, all no, been no. All, out. All, yeah. all skilled positions. All right. Premium give positions. me Give me the feel, the Gibby scouting report, as you've scouted Gibby over these three days and his element. Is this his element? Is he? Yeah, Gibby's, Gibby's, ha- Gibby's having the time of his life. I'll be perfectly honest about it. Gibby's having absolute time of his life from unloading semis and, and – He's got a perfect combination of things for Gibby, which is he can have some fun and have some drinks, and he enjoys that, but he also has enough stuff that's annoying that gives him the opportunity to complain about it. So you're like perfect you're balance. thriving in all of your elements. You like to complain a little bit. You like to give a little bit of crap to me. You've done that. We'll get to that in a second, one of your highlights of the trip, I'm sure. And then, and then you also, we've had great times together as well, just pure joy and jubilation. Absolutely. Yeah, so yeah, you're in your I element. Mean, it, it, it's been a lot of work. Bo, I, I can't, and I'm working on getting uh, the equipment manager of the year to come on with us later. Please do, week. and have him bring a bucket head because over. The sun's beating I, down on me. The amount of work that has been done. Bo, like everything that's on the first floor of Lou Groza uh, Boulevard is here. That's what I'd say. The wow. undertaking everything. is unbelievable. What it required to get here for eight days and to have every piece of equipment, to have this kind of converted into the brown. It, it basically is like they brought Berea here. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's incredible. Hats off to Brad Mellon and the whole and a beer, the whole logistics team, everybody. It's in. It's insane what went into we, this. We got so Dr- Yellowstone, Tequila, and I got here late day Friday. Yeah, there was one more semi coming, and that had everybody's bags in it like week for a week long. So yeah. you're, you're packing, you're not packing small. Everybody's golf clubs, 
for the day off that's going to be coming later this week. Uh, and then the, the other half was like giant pieces of equipment that, that uh, football needed. Well, we went and grabbed food. We came back. We unloaded that entire semi till midnight on Friday. They like, yeah, there's just not there's not enough makes you sense, know there was, there's not enough bodies because bodies had to stay back uh, because players were in the building and rookies and QBs were practicing last week on Thursday and Friday. So sure, you know the equipment team split up. Uh, the IT team split up and, and travel split up, and then the rest of us were here. It was all hands on deck. It was like if you're a body and you're an able body, knock it out. I mean, it's – you know, there, there, there are certain things that by Thursday I might become really annoyed with. Oh, my but, God. It's crazy but, that, like, what you're talking about, the last stuff you're describing for you is Friday night, Saturday. That feels like 100 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like we flew, I flew in here on Saturday morning. By the way, very nice. Bo, you'll be happy to know that the uh, the new travel regime had your boy up here in first class, which I felt I was oh. the, the respect was uh, very gratifying. Change. I'm sure it will at some point. But I've on this, put that on this flight, I was good enough. Me and Gerard right up there. We were having the time of our lives. It was great. How did they – I mean, I was just there a year ago, so I can picture everywhere where you guys are. Yeah. Um, has there been a – how many Gibby pool experiences have there been? Uh, I went yesterday. Yesterday was the first chance I'd gotten to go over. Uh, the outdoor infinity pool is like spectacular. Yeah. However, they, they were like, at one point I turn around, I realize I'm the only one there. It's like 630. Mean? I'm the only one it was at perfect the pool. Yesterday I am by myself. The pool was empty? And at I'm like, 6 on a Sunday? Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, where? And the woman comes over and she goes, sir, we're closing at 7. I go, 7? I'm only four beers into this. Yeah, but that's not how they roll down there, Gibby. Boy, the it South is, is not. sleeping. South uh, is sleeping. Uh, and, and you get reminded of that when you get off the elevator, and there's a giant sign that said, the South is asleep. Please yeah, that's quiet. right. Yeah. The South is asleep. But, uh, no, we've guys- had a great time. We've had a great time. So, the first – we got in Saturday. The first night, uh, we were – so – unbelievable i don't know how this necessarily happened so the majority of us are in in the the resort um in very uniquely decorated rooms dorothy draper design bright bright color fila stayed in mcdaniel's room friday night because fila's at a different hotel yeah there are a few people that are at a different hotel and fila's like i can't go to sleep in here i go why he goes it's like a recreation of the shining yeah, and it, it was is, yellow paper, red carpet. He's yeah. like, I'm terrified to close my eyes. Yeah, apparently yeah. there are have been some ghost sightings. So that first night, so all, most of us I say we're in the hotel. They Yellowstone, AP, and Caroline, due to the greatness of Baco Nation, I want to shout Baco Nation out here. What did the nation Should Baco do. Nation? It was supposed to be Yellowstone, Baco Nation, and AP in one of the cottages. They gave him a oh, cottage ship. Kansas. One of the Tansas colleges, which are awesome. Yeah, because um, those are all redone. Yeah, so this was like a place. So now it's like it was the, it's the gathering place. But Baco Nation, because Caroline's got the bum wheel, as you saw, mm-hmm. Baco Nation gave up his room in the cottage what? to stay at the Fairfield Inn so that she wouldn't have to be schlepping back and forth on her bum wheel, which I'm gonna tell is you a level right of generosity and kindness that I don't possess. Oh, I don't have that. I would say I'm sorry. That's tough luck yeah, for you. I, 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 You're I'm happy to get you lunch. I've gotten her lunches, and I've been very yeah, helpful, but not my I'm room. not moving off campus. No. 
No, so no Baco Nation, great human. Wow. The nation's the employee of the year just for that act of kindness. I, I agree. I agree. And I've been trying to let everybody know what he's done Good. And, and feel like he should be receive some type of reward or compensation for his generosity. So the first night we go over to the cottage, uh, and AP brought his PlayStation, and okay. they've got FIFA. Oh, fun. Very fun. So AP has been – is like a hardcore FIFA player, plays online all the time, is like legit, right? Okay. So – and I played two games against human beings since I was in college, which was one against uh, NBC and one against you. Yep. Needless to say, over the course of the night in which I was handed many defeats by not only AP, but Chris, the Photog, he came in. He's a hardcore FIFA player. Okay. They were doing stuff. They're changing tactics. They're, like, doing things I didn't even, like, oh know were a God. part of the game. Okay? They're, like – so it took me a while, but then I started playing some great games with them, and then I started beating them in a lot of the games, and then I just could not finish it out. It'd be like at the 70-minute mark, I'd be up a goal, and it was just like inevitable. Gibbe is there filming all of this, my tales of woe. I had one where like my goalkeeper on a corner kick that I was going to win the game in the, like the 90th minute goes up, catches it, and then just like drops the ball on the ground right at the foot of their striker for no reason whatsoever oh, that they get the goal to tie it. And then I'm like beside my, all this crazy stuff's happening. I finally did get a couple of dubs, which was nice, but Gibbe was thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying me. And, and I, I put in a lot of games. I played very well and there. We were all playing legit teams and all of that. And, uh, and Gibbe was just delighting in my misery and sadness. Well, I tweeted something out uh, that someone in our room that was playing said to him and <laughs> That was over the line. He might have thrown a temper tantrum. I didn't throw a temper tantrum. He threw a temper tantrum, so I deleted it. And it's a bridge too far. It was a bridge too far. Yellowstone and I both are in agreement on this. We we were both. I guarantee. Why is he losing his mind on this? I didn't lose my mind. I actually stayed really calm. You no no you did not. Yeah I did. No. I think I I I mean like was this an this was an unsolicited. Like, th- were you aware that this was going to be tweeted? No, no, sneak absolutely not. I sat behind him on the couch filming. Oh, you were live secrecy. tweeting him unbeknownst? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, my yeah. God. Oh, my God. Because I had had, like, at it. that point, had we had, like, cocktails. three games rolling. that went into extra time. And, like, these guys are really good. And my, I yeah. will say this. Like, my level of play over the course of the night because of the competition I was playing – increased a lot so now i feel much better about the the state of my game but like these guys are like real it would be like if i hadn't played madden in 20 years and i was playing somebody who played madden every day you know different game yeah so it took me a while but i had we had some great games yeah but then gibbe was delighting in my sadness because i would kept being so close like i could be up two goals and like insane things would happen and then it would just be over and i'm like oh my god and then i finally got it was pretty impressive bishop to watch his collapses they weren't. It was, it was insane. It was a computer against me. You did win in the end. Right? I did win. Oh yeah, I ran. I won with uh, Man City. I won one with PSG. One with Man City. Man City. I've decided is like they're definitely That's so much better squad. than PSG on the game. Like it's ridiculous. They're they're yeah. very good. Yeah. So yeah. I won the, that the like, three one. The middle and the back is nice. Yeah, I beat Real Madrid three one. Like that's a legit win. AP was a Real Madrid. That's that's real stuff. So yeah, that's very yeah, good. We were. It was. But we had a great time. So that was night one. And then night two, I played golf yesterday at the Old White. Smooth nice. 69. Played with a couple of the team docs. 69. He crushed it. I was playing. Oh. I was playing. It was It was working. We had it going, That's which was fun. That's pretty cool. And the course is set up pricing for, on that, or did you get a little, you get a little <laughs> call to the bullpen? 
No, nothing no. good. Nothing positive for me on that. <laughs> no part. wins. Other than a great, a great time was had, uh, and it's all set up for the live tour. So live, it, they're closing the course Thursday. Okay. We were the only people on the course. I don't know that yep. other than us, how many people are here right now. Like there was nobody on any of the courses. Like our tee time was four. I got there at three because I was like, you know, going to hit some balls. You know, we have time. We're at the yeah. resort. Might as well just go down there and hit some balls, putt around. Because like you could go whenever you want. He's like, you guys. Are, yeah. We saw three other people on the course the whole day. When we. When I was there last summer, there was nobody playing the old white ever. There was like I saw like three people play it, and that was it. Um, it's, it's wild. It's a yeah, nice layout. Very cool is. course. Yeah, yeah, and, very and cool. The, it's the grounds are gorgeous. Like all Beautiful. of the courses are awesome. Um, Beautiful. And so those are all very very sweet. Has Gibby played yet? No, we're going Thursday. Well, you okay. you're going. I don't know if I'm going. You're Thursday. going. Yes, you are, dude. Dude. We, <laughs> You're it's good. It's still a work trip. Wednesday is my day probably to do anything. Thursday late in the evening, you're fine. Oh, yeah. We, we play the t- twilight hours. Saying, yeah, we're going to play the Greenbrier on Thursday. Me, yeah, Gibbe, AP, and Yellowstone. Yeah, that's a fun group. That'll be fun. Yeah, it'll be a very fun group. So All last right. night after dinner, we get off the course, by the way, and you could see it coming down the valley. A storm was coming. Mm-hmm. We got off the course at like 8. By 8.05, it was a deluge, the likes of which I don't know it that I've impressive. ever seen. And we were... We ended up having dinner at the Sneed. Uh, me, a couple of docs. Gibbe came down. Big Drew came down and uh, AP. And we were – this is the restaurant we got thrown out. We had this great meal. We're sitting there drinking, telling stories. Everybody's laughing, having a blast. And all of a sudden, one of the uh, the waiters comes over, and it's 11-11. And yep. he says, are you guys planning on taking the shuttle home? And we're like, yeah. And he's like, well, the last shuttle was at 11. <laughs> we're like – Oh, so we missed it? And he's like, no, it's waiting for you, which I think was his very polite way of saying, get the hell get out, out of here. So we did. We got out, and it was great. Great night. Oh, we stood up and looked around, and I'm like, wow, there really is no one else here. No, if it's a different time. The yeah. clocks are different, man. I can't believe we, it's, we've only been here for two nights. Yeah, like, I feel like you guys like, have been gone for a long time. Uh, we've been lived 100 years in two nights. Yeah. There was a great dessert at the Sneed I remember having last year. Oh. Was it the banana? I think it was. It was the like banana the dessert. The banana cobbler. Yeah, banana That's cobbler. Blueberry ice cream. Oh my That's god! It. it was yeah. electric. Oh yeah, everybody's yep. had it. Everybody's yep. had it. Yeah, we were like, I remember we ate we ate there, we ate there once, and that was like we got the dessert for the like Bootsy's head exploded with that thing. Yeah, um, the banana cobbler was. I'd put that up there with one of the more electric like desserts I've ever had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All time. Might be All a Mount right, Rushmore um, dessert. It could very well be. Uh, lots to get to. Gerard's going to join us here in a little bit as well. You'll hear from yep. Coach. As Z mentioned, uh, his conversation with Deshaun Watson. Uh, we will get into that. We'll have Nick Chubb's effort from the podium as well. Obviously, a very busy program here. Training camp is underway. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily. Brought to you by Ballybet, sports betting partner, your Cleveland Browns. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Live at Brown's Training Camp, located at the Greenbrier Resort in West Virginia, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
back into Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, sports betting partner of your Cleveland Browns, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Now let's head to the podium for head coach Kevin Stefanski from earlier this morning. Real update, uh, definitely no long-term concern. It, it should be, uh, you know, I hesitate to say it'll be a few days because he, he's feeling good. I don't know. You don't expect him to on, do you expect no. him on the field today? Uh, he might, uh, but we'll see. We'll see what he can do. DeWine, back today? Um, also, was still showing some symptoms. We're going to try and see if he can practice, but he's, he's still sick. What's the new uh, addition today as you ramp up a little bit more? Yeah, we'll start uh, adding some situations. We'll, we'll go against each other a little bit uh, at a slower pace until we you know, have, have pads on, but a lot of this is just getting the, the uh, getting the tolerance mu- uh, from your, a muscle standpoint and getting ready for a, a 17 plus season, uh, 17 plus game season, just making sure that we're ramping uh, appropriately from a physical is standpoint. Thursday the first pad? Uh, thir- I think we're Friday, Saturday in pads. How much do these early days of training camp have value in terms of maybe mixing things up, getting guys in different positions and trying things out. Is that something that you value now or is that something that comes later on? I think it probably comes a little bit later on. I think early in training camp, you're in your installation schedule, so you're going back to the beginning and making sure that offense, defense, special teams, you're installing your schemes. That usually takes about 10 days. Once you're through that, uh, then you may start, okay, remember guys, we installed this play. Let's try it this way. Let's use a different uh, route combination over here. Let's put this player uh, at a different position uh, this time. So, But before you get there, I think you just got to get through installations. Good. When you get there, I mean, is that something that the guys are excited about once they get that and you can start trying new things? Well, it is, and it prepares them for the season because that's what you do when you get to week one. Oftentimes, you're taking that first or second or third install, and you're saying, okay, we're going to run those plays, but here's the wrinkle off of it. Uh, defensively, we're going to run this pressure, but we're going to use these players to do it uh, now. Kevin, when we talked to Deshaun yesterday, he mentioned that uh, he had his opportunity to do the 4-H exercise in front of the team. And I, I guess just what do you think that that can, uh, what effect that can have, his story on the locker room considering everything that he went through in the last year and the expectation that he has to lead this football team? Yeah, you know, I, I look at it really for all of our players uh, that have an opportunity to do that is, is really uh, just letting your teammates know you from a different angle. We don't often sit down and, and, and okay, wh- where are you from? What do you do? Wh- what are you about? Who are the people that have made a, a meaningful impact in your life? So it's just an opportunity for our guys to, to slow down and do that. And Deshaun, as a leader of the football team, I think it, it's important for everybody to know uh, kind of where he is and what's on his mind. What have you seen from Elijah so far, just from OTA's minicamp through now, uh, that has you excited about him? and? Well, I think he's a very – he takes – speaking of taking your craft seriously, I mean, he practices hard. Uh, his his uh, his practice tempo, uh, how he is in walkthroughs, I mean, he, he takes it very seriously, uh, which is great. It, it's fun to be around a guy that, that really works at it. Uh, and then he's taking the bit on everything we've, we've asked him to do, uh, trying to make sure we move him around the formation – trying to use things that we know he's done well in his past and also challenge him with some new things, but uh, a very, very uh, locked-in player. Kevin, we talked about the playbook and stuff like that. With Elijah, is it a stretch to say that you can expand the playbook because of this skill set that you just didn't maybe not have before? Yeah, I think there's, you know, we love versatility. 
and that versatility in players in of itself expands your playbook uh, as, as you have players that can do more of, of every job and uh, to have a player that can play outside and inside uh, I think is really valuable and, you know one position players in this league are, are, are probably not as common as, as they have been I think you're always looking for players that, that can do more what are the benefits to KD well, I think with a Cade and, and and he is going into his second year, he's going to get every rep, every rep, uh, and, and that's so important for young players. Um, you know, he he competes against himself every day. I, I know you could say that he's not being challenged, but I think all of us, if we're doing our job correctly, are competing uh, every day. Taki Taki had his ACL surgery in December. It used to be a 12 month, right. and then it became 10 month. Right. Is it now considered eight months? Yeah, it's, it's certainly accelerated from the old. It took a year. It took me two years. Um, but he's <laughs> he uh, he's coming along. He, he has worked so hard. Uh, he, I, I mentioned the other day, and I, I'm not kidding. He's lived in the facility. So when that when he gets the final go and, and he's going, uh, when exactly that is, uh, I, I can't tell you. But um, it's certainly uh, it, it's a testament to the work that he's put in that, that he's put himself in this position. All right, good stuff from coach there. I know he's he seems pretty pretty comfortable. I I've enjoyed these media sessions early on with him. It, it's I don't know, maybe a little more forthcoming, I'm not sure, but it I do I do sense a little bit of a different tone from coach than normal. Maybe that is a tribute to being, you know, at a resort as well. I'm not sure. Am I reading too much into it? Do you sense that as well? I think he seems, you know, very comfortable, but also very much like the normal Kevin Stefanski. I think he's going to give you share some insights with you, but he's not going to give you too much. Um, but I think what you're hearing to me is a guy that is very pleased, I think, with his team right now and is will be tough on them to continue that. But I just think he's comfortable with this team and this roster. And I think everybody here knows you know, what this team can be. When, when you're the head coach and you know you have a roster that is legitimate and can compete, you know, it probably puts you in a little bit of a better mood than when you're yeah. dealing with. And, and don't forget, Bo, this is his first ever normal kind of season. You know, yeah, 2020 right. was COVID. 2021 had plenty of distractions and injuries. And then the Odell situation. 2022 had obviously the trade for Deshaun. And then we find out, you know, on a practice field one day that the six games is now 11. And just all dealing with all of that over the course of a season, basically preparing two offenses and two teams. This is the first time he's actually come in here yeah. feeling very, very confident with everything that they've got the pieces in place. So I think that while the pressure is ramped up to execute and, and make good on that promise, I think from a coaching standpoint, you're at least pleased that, you know, you've got the clay that to work with that can be great and can do the things that, you know, Gerard did here with the Patriots, which is go get those rings and, and those championships. Oh, exactly. yeah, for sure. Gerard, th- bringing in Gerard Cherry, of course, three-time Super Bowl champion uh, on set uh, with Z down at the Greenbrier. Um, I-, I wanted to ask you about, had you done this in your career, gone off camping? Like, at any, did the Patriots do this or the, any other team you were with ever leave campus and, and go away for a week? Yeah, I did it three seasons with the Saints, actually okay. four seasons with the Saints, and one with the Patriots. So I've experienced this before. And when were was one of the ones with the Saints at the Greenbrier? No, that was prior. We used to go to Lacrosse, Wisconsin, with the Saints in part of what we call the Cheesehead League at the time, where you would scrimmage against the Chiefs, the Vikings, and the Bears. Okay, okay. And so when when you when you saw this was on the schedule, 
did, did, did you I guess let's start here. Did you like it? Did you did you think you, do you see the value in this? Oh, I totally do, because it's, it's, a, it's a weird dynamic boat, because on one hand, you want camaraderie to be organic, but you also want to make it a part of your culture. And you have to be in a state to where you are pressing the issue from a coaching standpoint to where you're putting your finger on this and you're trying to exact something. And what you want to yield from it is this idea that, hey, guys, we're a collective. We're in this together. Let's isolate ourselves from everything around us, from all the distractions that could be if we stay local in Berea and really hone in on this idea of what the season represents. And from there, we let the chips fall where they may. So I totally love this idea because at the end of the day, it's all about this idea that, hey, as a football team, we need to, one, enjoy, love, appreciate each other's presence and when you get that sense that, hey, we're in something together and there's a mission involved that we have to accomplish, then you're setting the right track for track rather for where you're trying to go as a football team. We're three practices in and, and a Z, as you said, buddy, like, you know, this is all really light work at this point. But uh, this one for both of you guys, just you guys were you guys were all at camp last year with Deshaun and and it, obviously sure. this is kind of all about him and you we'll get a chance to talk to him Z you spoke to him we'll, we'll run that yeah. to you guys in about 15 minutes but um what changes do you see in him if any he's just more calm I think he's just I think he's obviously happier I think with his personal life and then obviously from a professional standpoint he's working so collaboratively collaboratively with coach Stefanski and AVP and you'll hear him talk about that in the interview that he wants to be kind of extension of them on the field he is in complete command of the playbook. He knows where the ball should go. He's not thinking. He's just playing, and he's having fun. You can tell that his teammates like him a great deal, that they respect him a great deal, and he looks and is acting very much like an elite franchise-type quarterback that is the focus of everything that you're going to do. And Gerard has experience with seeing that with the GOAT. But I think you're seeing Deshaun Watson has kind of taken that over. Like, it feels like these are his practices. He's running the show. He is very calm. He is very confident. He knows where to go with the ball. It's like he has the answers to the to the test. Yeah. And I think he looks great. Looks like what you would want. And it, it's different than what, you know, we would have seen in the past out here. I will say that. Uh, for sure. And in similar fashion to Coach Stefanski, because you had asked Nathan the question about, is there a different temperament about Coach? Yeah. And there is. And there's the same thing with Deshaun. You know what I call it? They're not on guard. Confident. Doesn't seem like they're like okay. Let me. What's what's going to be that that question that's going to try to trip me up and get me into a state to where I say something I don't want to say? And yes, confidence, Nathan, is certainly what you sense and feel as well, especially with Deshaun. Far as just like I'm not worried about the off the field stuff. I am focusing on football, and I really feel like I'm seeing Deshaun be Deshaun. And I know that's yeah. like, well, he was Deshaun last off last training camp. Yes, he was, obviously, but there was obviously something big hanging over the whole situation. How many games was he going to be able to play? So you sense and feel now, Bo, just a level of comfort, a level of, as Nathan just said, confidence in that, hey, I know I'm going to be here. I know what I'm going to be required to do, and I know what I have to do. And more importantly, Bo, he's putting in the work and doing the things necessary. And you sense and feel it with it just being day three. I'm always watching accuracy for a quarterback. And I know it's walk-through scenarios and there's not 100% tempo or anything like that. But what I see is someone who is throwing the football phenomenally well. I, that line you said is really fascinating, seeing Deshaun be Deshaun. I don't know if we ever saw that last year. I don't know how we could have. Yeah. I mean, this was there wasn't an availability that wasn't about off-field. There wasn't – and there, there was there's still going to be the case. I, 
I listened to the, the presser he had over the weekend. There's, he's still asked about that stuff that's not going to all the way go away until he starts, you know, playing all every week and winning games and all that stuff. Um, but the Deshaun being Desha- back to being Deshaun thing, you talk to people who covered him at Clemson or people who were around him in Houston. He's one of the great natural leaders yep. um, that there is. And so if that's happening, if you're seeing that, Pied Piper, follow me to freedom type guy. And you can do that vocally or you can do that, but it's got to be authentic, right, Gerard? And his right. authentic leadership, it seems like, if, if if I'm hearing you right, and I'm sure our fans are hearing you right, that that authentic leadership is coming through. Well, certainly, because key to quarterback play, it is, it's metaphysical to start with. Obviously, you got to know your X's and O's, have your accuracy, but guys have to like you. Guys have to want to block for you. Have guys to have to want to catch the football f- yeah. for you. And also, when you step in that huddle, as Nathan just said, believe in you, look in your eye and sense and feel that you know what the heck's going on and that you're going to lead them to the promised land. And I think you're getting that back because it's hard to have that type of definitive outpouring from your soul when you're going through what he went through last season. So you sense and feel it, and you have to have that element about you, and then it's metaphysical. You can't, you can't be taught, I don't think. It's just something that you have to naturally have, and I believe he has that. He doesn't. And think about it, Bo. At, at Clemson, when he's winning national championships, comes into the league and is obviously, you know, excellent right away, three-time Pro Bowler at the point that he came to the Browns after the last time he played in 2020, and it was an all-time NFL leader in completion percentage. He was top three in yards per attempt ever, top three in rating ever. He had two 10-win seasons, three straight Pro Bowls, was the leading passer in the league. Everything, everybody around him just gravitated him because they knew how good he was. And that's who he had always been. So mm-hmm. I think... It's a it's a culture shock for him, and then as an individual, you, I probably begin to question things when all of a sudden what was your identity and who you were in everything that you did, all of a sudden you had this whole new identity that was very negative, right? And so I, I bet you wonder, you know, can I still do it at that? Maybe you have some self-doubt. Am I still the guy? Am, sure. All of those things, whereas I think that with the time and the ability to just go back to being himself, you're exactly right. You're seeing just normal, natural Deshaun Watson, and normal, natural Deshaun Watson is not only a great leader but is a heck of a quarterback. Yeah, that's that that's music to the ears, right? Is is and we saw that a little bit in minicamp, like you saw, you know, kind of the fully formed Deshaun Watson at minicamp, and and it it's starting to the fact that it's carrying over isn't a surprise. But it's it should be music to the ears of Browns fans. Um, obviously, this is very very early, guys. I mean, this is three kind of go through the motions. He this one is the most serious of uh, of the three, obviously. But is there somebody who just looks like? Is there any body transformation that jumps out to either one of you guys, offense, defense, or or anybody who just looks like they have a little spring in their step? I'm looking at the linebackers, and it seems like there's some. Ugh. Girth, as we like Jacob to say. Phillips got big. Yeah, he got big, and, and JOK looks to be thicker on the upper body as well because I know they face a lot of questions about their size and being considered being undersized linebackers, but I've noticed that for certain that they appear to be much bigger because Jacob Phillips, as a matter of fact, I didn't even recognize him at first. I'm like, who's number 50? He's a yeah. tank, you know, yeah. He's and he's always so tantalizing. But, yeah, he looks great. Um I would say that Zadarius Smith, just being around him and seeing on the field, like he just jumps out at you. That is a, that is a well-built human being. And, and the fact that we're going to have Miles and Zadarius out there together, I think is a pretty, pretty big deal. Uh, he, his physicality, just to the imposing nature of him, stands out immediately. Offensively, anybody jump out early? I mean, it's hard, I know. Uh, you know what? 
because he's getting a lot of opportunities, and I love the fact that he's taking advantage of it, and that's Baldwin from the yeah. receiver position. Jalen Baldwin. Mm-hmm. Getting a lot of opportunities with guys being down right now. I know it's just day three, but, hey, when your number's called, you go out there, you make the passes. When you're in alignment assignment mode, you're doing the right things. And the fact that he's the go-to guy with two guys being down, that bodes very well for him. So, obviously, with him, it's the issue of maintaining whatever you've done through the course of many camps to get where you're at and on special teams. But I like what I've seen from him, and I made a point – because I'm always looking for the diamond in the rough guy. Sure. And right now, he's one of my leading candidates for the diamond in the rough. I like that. Little pet cat. I mean, Elijah just stands out the way he does everything. How smooth it is, how crisp it is, mm-hmm. how explosive he is. He stands out for sure. Uh, and then the other guy that we I mentioned at the beginning who has made some plays, and you can just see his natural speed is Jalen Darden. Now, can he put it all together from the assignment and alignment standpoint and mastering the mental side of the game? That's real, what remains to be seen. But from a physical standpoint, like you can tell – he can move kind of like Marquise Goodwin can. Now, he's not the professional that Marquise sure, Goodwin right. is and the reason that Marquise has been in the league for a decade. Um, but he has – he has. there is clearly something there. Can he harness it? Can we harness it? That'll be the question for me. Z, one of the questions we had going into this uh, thing, you know, one of the big questions of camp outside of the Deshaun one was Jerome Ford. Obviously, you haven't had a chance to – you know, he's not getting hit or anything like that. But um, does just the way he's carrying himself, that, that's a big role that could be his if he can win it. No doubt. And I think it is his. He is the backup running back. I think yeah. what his onus on is competing with himself mm-hmm. to convince the decision makers that, no, you do not need to bring in a backup running back. I can be that guy. I'm not so sure that our third running back is here right now as we're currently constructed. Okay. But Jerome Ford is certainly going to be in our top three. The question will be, does Jerome Ford show enough that he is clearly the number two, or do they have to look at that? And then, you know, behind that, my guess is we'll probably at some point have bring in some more some more people to that room. Right. If you're John Kelly, who's that third back right now, what you're saying to yourself is, I'm going to have an ample amount of opportunity yeah. in this first preseason game. That sets the tempo and the tone right there as what the coaches are thinking about you and what their bias may be against you. So what you do is make sure you got your blitz pickups correct, that you're hitting the right holes. From a running standpoint, there's never been an issue with how I felt he's run the football. He's run very well in the preseason. So it's just a matter of making sure you do those other things correctly to where they trust you that, hey, when he's on the football field, he's going to pick up the right guy from a blitz pickup standpoint and be an asset from catching the football as well. And if you do those things, give them reasons to put guys not into the camp and say, hey, we're good where we're at. But that all starts next week. Yeah, I mean, because here's the thing with that room, Bo, right, is that you've got Nick Chubb. We all know that, best running back in the National Football League. Then you've got Jerome Ford. But we really didn't see him much last year, eight carries for 12 yards. John Kelly, who you mentioned, has been with us for like three years, but has two carries for 13 yards in those three years. Didn't see any game action last year. Demetric was a running back. Then he was a running back and wide receiver. Then he was a wide receiver. He's back to being a running back, but – you wonder, you know, is the clock ticking on him and what he can today, do? To his credit. He can catch the ball out yeah. of the backfield. Is that enough for him to be, you know, the third back? And then you've got the two young guys, Hassan Hall out of Georgia Tech, an undrafted free agent, and then Nate McCrary, uh, who's been in the league since 2021, but also an undrafted free agent out of Saginaw Valley State, bigger, thicker type of yes. a back. Mm-hmm. You know, those guys are going to get a lot of carries and opportunities. And I think really on if your name is – 
Nick Chubb has nothing to prove in the preseason. Jerome Ford's preseason is all about proving, like he did last year in Jacksonville. Remember, he had 102 total right. yards and two touchdowns, oh, led yeah. our team in rushing and receiving uh, in that game. It's about proving that you are the number two running back. And then, you know, for everybody else, it's you're trying to make a case to either be the third running back or to at least stay in this program on the practice squad because I don't think anything is guaranteed after those first two running backs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's where so those were the big questions that that people certainly had uh, much more on this team. Three days in Elk and Elk, serious lawyers, serious injuries. Call 1-800-ELK-OHIO for a free case review. Elk and Elk's a proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. But of course, the question this camp this season will be on Deshaun Watson. Zigo's one on one coming up next. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Live at Browns Training Camp, located at the Greenbrier Resort in West Virginia, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Hey there, Browns fans. You want to experience the 2023 Brown season in some of the best seats in Cleveland Browns Stadium? Simply visit lakecom.edu slash Browns for your chance to win two field seats for the 2023 season, courtesy of Lake Erie College of Osteopathic Medicine. Sweepstakes ends on August 30th. Now, the man of the hour and Deshaun Watson. Here's Z and Deshaun. Deshaun, first of all, great to see you, man. Yes, how have you been, and how's it been kind of getting in here to the Green Briar and starting to get some work? Uh, it's been awesome. Uh, the summer was awesome. It was good to kind of get away, but also good to hang out with some of the teammates uh, down in Miami. Got some work in, got some training in. So uh, it felt good to be able to come back in and, and get back here to Green Briar. This is my third time here, so I'm pretty used to the scenery, and it's, it's awesome to be uh, in West Virginia. How much have you noticed kind of those sessions that you were able to get in down in Miami? I think you had one in Houston earlier where you're able to get the guys together. And then when you get here, does it feel like you're already advanced from where you might have been otherwise? Yeah, most definitely, because you kind of build that chemistry off the field. And it's, you don't really notice the chemistry and the, the trust that you build when you're away from the building, even when you're working one on one with the guys. Uh, so when they get back here and you kind of get the playbook and the installs, you get on the field with the full team, it kind of translates to that. And uh, it just makes the job a lot more easier. When you think about the chemistry, and you know, you came in last year, and obviously we know the situations, but when you came in to play that first game, it probably was hard to have the chemistry that you probably feel like you have right now starting training camp this year. Can you kind of get your head around just from the football standpoint the difference in those two scenarios for you? Yeah, I think the biggest difference is just like you said, that chemistry, that timing, the the trust, knowing how guys are going to react in certain situations, especially at quarterback, knowing how guys, you know, block and, and be able to run routes and things like that. You know, I got a little taste in the spring, then I, you know, missed my time away, and then I had to come back in and try to adjust fast. So it was hard to kind of pick up. I was, I felt like I was behind, but now, you know, getting everything, get a full offseason, a full training camp is definitely going to be key. I remember talking to you at minicamp, and you had that great day where you threw the nine touchdowns in the red zone period out of 10 plays and 19 to 20 on that day. And as you're walking off, you know, I said, man, look great today, you know, and you're like, I'm just not, I'm not thinking, I'm not thinking anymore. I'm just playing. And that's what you've done your whole career. And how comfortable is that or how comforting is that to know that you're out here just doing what you love and not having to think, just letting it happen? Yeah, it's just very comfortable, especially when you know the system. Uh, you're, you're confident in the system and the play calling. And Kevin is also confident in you know the play calling and myself being on the field. Uh, it just makes the job a lot easier. You can play faster. You can you know do things that's kind of out of the ordinary for a guy that's kind of thinking and trying to do everything sure. step by step. So 
Uh, it's definitely good. Well, people don't realize you have to do this all in under three seconds, yeah. most likely, or else yeah. you're going to get crushed. Exactly. So you got to assess everything and then still deliver the football on time and accurately. Right, yeah. So you got to be able to do all that while people are running at you trying to get the ball out your hand. So, you know, uh, it's good to be able to know where everyone is and, and, and trust the system. You really got kind of one of your first real looks today of looking at Miles and Zadarius out there. And I'm, yeah. I'm sure you're very happy that they don't get to do that on Sundays <laughs> against you just here in practice. Exactly. I mean, both of those guys are stout. Both of those guys, <laughs> you know, they, they hold their own on the each side and they're playing together. They're talking and communicating. I can see it when we're going through our drills. And then you have, you know, all the other guys that surrounding them. So, you know, I'm excited for our defense. I'm excited for our team and, our, and also excited for our special team. So we got to, you know, we look pretty good. Yeah, there's no doubt. It's all there. It's going to come down to going out and executing it when we get exactly. to play these games that matter. But we still have a lot of foundation to build before then. So today was the first day with the helmets back on. We did see team, but felt like kind of maybe a 75%, not quite full speed. What are you guys trying to accomplish in that session? Yes, yeah, it's, it's a ramp up here. And I think the biggest session is mental reps. Yep. Uh, being able to know your job and, and can see your job and do it at a fast moment. The first two steps was pretty fast. And after that, you kind of just tagging up or pointing where you're going to go and where you're going to be at. So uh, being able to have that and then you know later on it's gonna ramp up here so you got to be able to full speed it's a it's another way of just kind of we have the physical part that we're going to put in but the mental part is a big part of the game that we want to continue to adjust and, and grow on so tomorrow you guys will get the shells on and i imagine we'll ramp it up even a little bit more maybe even get a seven on seven i don't know i love seven right, on right. sevens. i'd like <laughs> to see that but how do you look at kind of this week here at the green briar the progression and then get the shells on then we know friday saturday the pads will come on and and how much are you looking forward to kind of playing real football again? Even though they won't yeah, be hitting you, we right. got to protect protect the franchise here. But how much are you looking forward to kind of that ramp up and getting back to it really being as close to real as it can be? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think the ramp up is very important because it keeps us healthy, keeps us getting ready for that moment. You don't want to just hop out and, and jump off the porch and just be able to, you know, hit each other because it might cause some problems sure. and, and health issues. But at the same time, you know, it's just kind of good for this week to kind of build that trust, build the playbook, build the chemistry of your teams and, and uh the people you're playing with so whenever we do pit the pads in real football and things like bullets are flying full speed you kind of know how to react feels like you and elijah and obviously amari when he's out here and donovan just have a great chemistry right now it almost right. feels like the ball is right where it needs to be they're right where they need to be how's that kind of fun to to build that and get to see it and know that we're just like scratching the surface right now yeah it's very early on so we're just taking it day by day and, and step by step and uh i mean those guys are doing all the work they're asking me questions i'm telling them how and where to be uh, on these plays and they're following everything that me and kevin are you know pretty much teaching them and telling them where to be and if they you know be able to uh, work with us and tell us what they're seeing with the dbs and the safeties and the coverage you know we can all be on the same page and we can be right and have some special place. You love ball, right? You love watching tape, breaking it down. Stefanski was saying that coach saying you got to throw you out of the building sometimes to get you back to, to your regular life. What are you kind of learning about this offense, about this team as you kind of go through and put in that extra work? What are you trying to gain out of that extra work? I think just really knowing everything. Being that extra coach, being that extra offensive coordinator, being Kevin at AVP and Bill Callahan and all the coaching staff and being as one so I can teach everyone their job. And if I know what everyone is doing and I can make sure everyone is on the right page all the time, I can just, however I can do it with each person, it might be differently. And sometimes I might have to go to them and talk to them. Sometimes I might just have to, you know, yell their name and they know what I'm talking about. So uh, having that on the field and being able to direct everyone is definitely what I'm trying to gain and, and just build that trust in. 
And I think as you're in it, right, you're getting a little bit more responsibility in terms of being able to change protections, change things as you see fit, which is what you did in Houston. And that probably feels a little bit better, right? Do you right. kind of enjoy that a little more? Because you know, at least in your mind, you know you're good as opposing to somebody else saying that it's good. You know you're good. Yeah, exactly. And I think I like that responsibility just because, like I said, I touch the ball every play. So yep. I've been able to know where the ball is going and directing traffic is definitely where, you know, I like to take that leadership role and just continue to build that trust in. So if I can do that and put the ball in the right spot, we can have a, you know, successful offense. Everybody on this team knows your ability. Everybody's seen it. Anybody's watched you play basically your whole career, not only in the NFL, but back to Clemson, knows that you can play at a high level and you can lead this football team on the field. But you're leading it off the field as well. I know you gave your 4-H talk. How was that received and what was that like for you? It's one thing to go up there and lead in, you know, one way when it's all football and business. You know, you're the quarterback. That's what it's supposed to be. But when you have to go out there and bear your soul a little bit in front of your peers, that's a different type of moment and a different type of speaking. Right. How did that go for you, and how did you feel that was received by your teammates, and, and, and how did that help you guys grow? Uh, I think it was good for, for myself to be able to, you know, let it all out and let people know who I really am. Yep. Um, of course, people knew from afar, and they kind of been around me a little bit, but they didn't know the details of where I naturally come from. And where I come from is my foundation and is my background. And uh, being able to express that to my teammates and let them, let them in their eyes and, and let them know how I feel and they can feel my pain or, or what I went through. And not, not just the teammates, but the, the staff and the front office, everyone was in there. So uh, it was good to be able to do that. First, you know, I didn't know exactly where it was going to kind of go, but I just kind of just talked from the heart and the, and the mind and it came out very, very well. Yeah, because part of this is about bonding, right? And that's right. another way that you guys can bond here at the Greenbrier as you get ready for what is a long season. We hope, I know he's at 205 days. Yes, sir. <laughs> that we, we get to go all 205 of those days, right? right? Exactly. So did you feel like a change, not necessarily in how you were perceived by your team or something like that, but do you feel like you guys really gel? Because that's what it takes. It's not just the talents. You always have to be on the same page in all facets, right? Right. Now, yeah, I think it, it helped us. I think not just my story, but everyone else who told their story. And I think we're going to continue to do it throughout camp. And I think it's a good process and exercise for us to be able to know each and every person that's on this team. Because if we can do that, we know how people are going to react in certain situations. And like you said, it just build us and, and bring us co closer. And uh, we really care for one another. All right, I need you to give me some advice now. I just I want to see the games. Like, I'm ready. Yeah. The home opener, the Bengals, at the Steelers, all that. I'm ready for that. This team, we know how good you are. How do you keep your focus not on that and on the work that you have to do to get to that? Because all of this work's very important. Right. But it, the wins and losses don't start counting until into September. So how do you stay grounded and focused on the task at hand day by day? We just take it one day at a time. All right, I'm going to do that. My, yeah, my yeah, saying okay. is that the work comes first. Before okay. we can get to the fun and go out and play and things like that, it, it starts right now. And if we can continue to build and stack days and stack days, and Kevin does a great job of in each meeting, he, he let us know this is the way we need to do. We got We have the foundation. We got to lay brick by brick. And if we continue to stack those days, and I tell the offense all the time, it's just our motto is just one focus, one love, one grind. Everything is one. We got to focus on one step at a time, one meeting at a time, one play at a time. And we continue to build those great habits. We can do something special. And we'll walk off on that. Yes, you <laughs> guys certainly it. can. We're excited to see it, Sean. Thanks so much for the Thanks. time, and uh, best of luck as we keep rolling here from the Greenbrier. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, certainly a very different tone there from Deshaun Watson, and you'd expect it to be so. Should be a warm blanket for a Browns fan. That is a confident quarterback you have right there. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Ballybet. Still so much more to come here, including next. You'll hear from Denzel Ward, Amari Cooper, the guys' thoughts on what they just heard from Deshaun as well. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on E50 ESPN Cleveland.
live at Brown's Training Camp, located at the Greenbrier Resort in West Virginia. This is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns 2023 schedule is here. Get your single game tickets now for all the great matchups at Cleveland Browns Stadium. Visit clevelandbrowns.com slash tickets to purchase today. Um, So I heard Deshaun's presser, and then we just played your interview with Deshaun Z. Um, That's a totally different tone out of your quarterback, as would be expected. Um, but but for everybody who I had talked to who had covered him at Clemson and uh, people who I talked with who worked with in Houston with with the Texans when he was there, that is the Deshaun Watson that that existed previously, right? That's what it sounded like to me. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you about. Was you know, totally did different. you hear? I was going to turn it totally. around on you and say, did do you hear a difference? Because you know, Gerard yeah. and I have been out here. We were around him. Uh, I've gotten to talk to him a bunch of times, and I certainly see it and feel it and hear it. But I, I think it was awesome yeah. that we got, went to break, and you were like, "Oh yeah, that's yeah." You could tell he is, he's back and and to being yeah. himself, which is so important because playing quarterback is the hardest job I think in all of professional sports. Would you agree with that, Gerard? Certainly, certainly in the National yeah. Football League, and to do that with your mind weighed down and on very serious things that are not flattering that are not enjoyable people are saying bad things about you right is a completely it is a difficult situation to operate no matter what your task is let alone that it's the most difficult task at the highest level of professional sports so i think that there's no doubt that that just ease and that confidence that calm that positivity that you hear emanating from deshaun watson is definitely already translating onto the field now and he knows and I didn't ask him this question because he's he's addressed it and it's true and he knows it he can't prove anybody wrong or prove anybody right those who are believing in his return until he actually does it like there's nothing that he can say or do on these practice fields that matter even in a preseason game it's what he does against the Bengals against the Steelers on Monday night football with the eyes of the nation watching in week two those two games are going to start and set the foundation for what it really is You're, you're certainly right in regards to the public but what does matter most is what his teammates and his what his peers. sure and what his what the coaches and front people in front office are seeing and what are they seeing they're seeing professionalism personified in the sense that first guy here last guy to leave gym rat if you will and that's what you need you have to take yep. the work with you it can't just be Bo, do your job if you're going to have success no. playing football and that's not even for the quarterback that's for anybody heck, anybody trying to make a squad you have to take your work home with you home with you and you want to be regarded as the hardest worker especially if you're the quarterback because that sets the tone and tempo for the rest of the football team so to see him applying himself and to see him have this business-like approach yet at the same time seeing this level of comfort that I didn't see last year at this time with him on the football field is inspiring because I know his teammates are like yeah man we're about to do this thing because we got the right guy in place and he has the right parts and pieces surrounding him for him to go out there come weeks one and two when it actually does count to prove the cynics and the skeptics wrong. You know, it's funny. Like maybe you guys didn't pick up on it because you guys had been down there for a couple of days, but um, in I can't remember if it was in one of the breaks I've actually said it to you on air, but I noticed Stefanski a little different and Watt, and Watson dramatically different from everything that we'd seen previously. And I just, I wonder, I don't think that's probably a coincidence. 
Um, no, I, I think that's probably it's peace of mind. Yes. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> they have peace of mind. They know that barring something catastrophic from an injury standpoint, right. Kevin Stefanski knows he has his quarterback. He has yep. a franchise franchise quarterback. Um, Deshaun Watson knows that he is, this is his team to lead. So that's peace of mind. And to me, that comes across in, it has in Stefanski's podium sessions and it's come across absolutely in, in that interview you did just did with Deshaun. I, I think that the, it's not coincidence that they sound different from, from this side, from this yeah, side. That they did I mean, just to even to take a step back, even to, yeah. to you and I, everybody in the organization felt that stress last year. Everybody oh, felt gosh, it, and it yeah. had to affect everybody on every level with everything they were doing in their jobs. And it, I'm talking from the football side to the business side, right? the yeah. tickets, all of it. Everybody felt the stress of last year and what happened. And so I think to have that in the rearview mirror, to have that all you know settled and that they're just here to do what they are, are normally expected to do. Like, think about how refreshing that must be for Kevin's fancy. Year one, you're dealing with COVID. Year two... We document it again. You have a significant injury. Then you have the situation with Odell Beckham Jr. Like all of these external stressors. And that's not to say that this year is just going to be smooth. You're going to have adversity and things to deal with. And But the magnitude of the things that he has dealt with, like this must feel right now, knock on wood, and we hope it continues this way, this must feel almost like a football vacation, which it is in a way here at the Greenbrier, literally, but also figuratively. Like he has, he's on as the great Bob Wiley, not our offensive line coach, but from the the fine film cinematic masterpiece. What about Bob? He's like on a vacation from his problems. Like there aren't those things looming over everything, like those black clouds kind of looming over everything that he does. Yeah. And so I think that that helps obviously yeah. coach and, and the quarterback, and then and, and that probably feeds down and permeates throughout the whole team and certainly the whole organization. I mean, I can speak for my job today, one year later than it was a year ago at this time. It's significantly easier. Oh, my significantly God. Significantly so. You know, the hardest thing I've ever done. With everything. Next and all that. Yeah. But also to add to what Nathan just said, Bo, Think about it from a planning standpoint, the, the strategy element of being a, a football coach, a head coach, offensive coordinator, and not knowing, okay, if you're going to have your quarterback, dealing with that stress, and then you get one report of six games, then it becomes 11 games, but also knowing at that time that you at some point are going to have to leave the guy in Jacoby Brissett and start implementing Deshaun Watson back into the fold. Yep. And the worst thing that a coach can have take place is distractions. And we had a bunch of distractions take place last season. So, heck, yeah, Kevin Stefanski's like, man, I'm in Nirvana right now because yeah. I'm not dealing with those type of distractions. I'm dealing with the ability just to do what? My job. And now, granted, right. all that stuff is a part of his job, but the ability just to go out there and coach. And you can sense the sense of, ref- of refreshness for him, like, I'm just coaching ball. And on top of that, I have two guys in place who I trust with the special teams coordination and a defensive coordination to where I know they're proven they can do their job as well. So I'm going to do what I do and let the rest take care of itself. Well, use the word trust. He trusts his quarterback too. Right. Because they're walking into this thing hand in hand. This is, I mean, it's Kevin Stefanski's offense, but Deshaun Watson's fingerprints are all over this. So there's, there's a lot of trust and stuff that's happening there that, yes. that ought to make you feel pretty good about things. Um, let's hear from a couple of other, our other uh, big stars on this team. Let's stay on the offensive side first, Nick, and let, let's start with Amari Cooper. Uh, we mentioned this off the top, the loss of Marquise Goodwin. Um, we don't know what that could be. It could be something right. that is relatively short. It could be something that is long-term. Uh, we're waiting to get news on that, but nevertheless, he is not healthy and ready to go at the start of this camp. Um, here's Amari Cooper on that. 
say, yeah, it's, it's very inspirational. I mean, that's the thing about you know, most football players. We're so used to adversity. We're so used to ebbs and flows, ups and downs, that it creates this toughness about us to where we can deal with anything, to where we can not know we're dealing with something that's really extreme. And we feel like, you know, we could just overcome it. We feel like it might just be a little tweak or something like that. So, yeah, it's, I mean, it's definitely inspirational. Like I said, I'm, I'm hoping for the best. Yeah, we all are when it comes yes. to Marquise Goodwin. First, his health, um, but also we got a peek of what he meant for this offense in camp. And um, I, Gerard, Nathan, and I talked about that earlier in the show, but um, it was such a boost to have somebody with that type of speed um, on this offense. It was a necessity, I, I do think. Um, the, him not being here, and, and that hit you when you saw the news that at least at the beginning of camp he wasn't going to be ready. Yeah, for sure. It's going to hit you because ultimately what do you want? You want to have the ability in all facets of the passing game to have someone that puts the fear of God in a defensive coordinator. And when you have that type of speed, and that's one of the things that we can say for the past couple of years that we truly haven't developed. Yep. And you have someone proven who shows that, hey, I am that guy. I'm not a myth, but I am on the verge of being a legend. And you have that in your arsenal. It only helps the cause, especially with what, who you have at quarterback. So, yeah, it's a, it's a hit. But here's an opportunity for some younger guys, once again, to take advantage of of the opportunity and obviously we wish for a speedy recovery and again you can't replace 10 years of playing a game at a high level with a rookie or anything of that nature but certainly these guys will have opportunity to get the job done but yes he certainly is a key component of our offense because if anything we've noticed with this game you want to have the ability to have quick strike capability and if you have yep. that to your arsenal you can certainly get the job done and be trailing by a touchdown or two and come back in a game. And speed not only gives you quick strike capability, but you know as a DB, when you have to respect that speed, and let's say they send him on a go or on a deep post, you are stressing the defense vertically, and what you're really doing is creating space. Right. And you're creating space for everybody else to operate. All of a sudden, that deep over, the safeties run away, you have that space. And so the Browns were very effective at scheming people open, but when yep. you have that kind of speed, you don't have to necessarily scheme them open. You don't have to use deception with the play action and all the bootlegs. You can drop back and create space by expanding the amount of field that the defense has to cover. And exactly. I think that's what Marquise Goodwin was absolutely going to bring this team, and we hope that he still can. But if not, that's what we were talking about. Jalen Darnjakeem Grant has done it in the past, not only as a returner, but as a wide receiver. We need somebody who's going to be able to step in yeah, and fill Elijah that role. Moore to be that guy. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's – Let's all just hope for the best when it comes to Marquise because it was um, very noticeable what he provided to this yes. team through minicamp and through the spring. Um, Amari Cooper also weighed in on coming to the Greenbrier. Just grind, just an opportunity to you know get away and focus on football. Uh, it's training camp, you know. It's like the old days. So uh, looking forward to it. Looking forward to having a lot of fun. Gerard, it is not like the old days. <laughs> hey, close. <laughs> <laughs> Gerard's diet. Yeah. A little different. <laughs> a little different. Oh, my gosh. Let me see. We've been here in three days now. Yeah. What we've done in three days will be the equivalent of, equivalent rather, of day one of the old days. Of, like, the yeah. walkthrough of the old days. Not even <laughs> right. getting into anything. Yeah. It is a, a very – and I suppose that's the other thing, guys, we wrap up here with Gerard. It, it's – and maybe that's what – Kevin, that's what you're all hoping here is because it, it feels like there's quite a bit of downtime um, 
with with you guys in West Virginia. I mean, you have this practice, but then your their afternoons are. I mean, they're accountable. They're in meetings. They're in the facility. They're right. all those things. But yeah, in they're ter- in stuff tells like seven. It's not like an all day grind out on the practice field. No. Right, and I don't think you need to have the all day grind because it's been proven in the past in the eighties and the nineties with the Broncos and the Forty ers that you don't have to have an ultra physical football camp in order to win Super Bowls, right? Yep. Yeah. But what you do need is guys paying close attention to detail, repetitiously doing the same things right over and over again, and at the same time building these bonds, camaraderie, and having a culture in which you say, hey, we're here to do more than just collect a check and go out on Tuesdays or Monday nights and say, hey, I play for the Browns. Yeah. Exactly right. right. Gerard, we will uh, we'll let you go on the program, but you'll be back at the top of the hour with the next level. Thank you so much, my friend. Look forward to talking to you again tomorrow. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. All right, the great Gerard Cherry joining us here um, on a training camp edition of Cleveland Browns Daily. Coming up next, Nick Chubb at the podium. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Live at Browns Training Camp, located at the Greenbrier Resort in West Virginia, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns 2023 schedule is here. Get your single-game tickets now for all the great matchups at Cleveland Browns Stadium. Visit clevelandbrowns.com slash tickets to purchase yours today. And now let's head back to the podium. He's the man, the myth, the legend. He's Nick Chubb. Nick, what's your uh, take on the situation with, with Saquon and really generally the, the, the economic situation with running backs in the NFL right now? Uh, we're definitely in a tough, a tough situation. Um, running backs as a whole, you know, Saquon's a great player. And you can ask anyone around the league or even, even on the Giants how much he means to that team. So it's hard seeing him not get what he deserves. There's a report that some of you guys got on a Zoom call yesterday to kind of discuss the situation. Anything that, that, that came out of that that makes you feel positive? Well, I mean, right now it's just talk. You know, there's really nothing we can do. We're kind of um, we're kind of handcuffed with the situation. But I mean, I felt what I took from it. Uh, McCaffrey and Derrick Henry and Saquon all had a lot of good points. But the biggest thing is that we're the only position that our production hurts us the most. You know, if we go out there and run for two thousand yards. With so many um, carries, the next year they're going to say, you know, you're probably worn down. That's the biggest thing that I took from it. It's just, I mean, it's tough. You know, we it hurts us just to go out, to go out there and do good. It hurts us at, at the end of the day. How do you feel about your situation here with this team? You got another year to go after this year. Yeah, I got another year, so I mean, um, you know, it's easy for me to say it's not a big deal, but you know, next year it could be me in the same situation. But um, for right now, I do got one more year, but I'm here. I'm all in. I'm I'm ready to work with my guys. Is there any talk of you and your? Uh, no, I'm focused on just playing right now. In light of everything that's going on, is this something though that it's creeping to your mind about what your situation may be next year? I can't say I haven't, but I'm I'm so focused and locked in. You know, it's um, you know, I'm I'm there with those guys too. I understand the situation. I know it can be me one day, and um, yeah, I mean, I'm just kind of playing both sides. I'm here for my team, but I'm also understanding the situation that I could be in. Does it make you appreciate it the business from? I say it again, sort of. How how difficult is it to separate? business of the game with the actual game itself. Yeah, that's probably the most, um, that's probably what I hate most about it now, being in the NFL, just the business side of it. But, um, yeah, for me, I mean, I just take the day at a time. I come out here and, you know, when I'm on the field, it's easy. I'm doing what I love. But off the field, you know, you, you, do, got, you do got to think about some things from 
you know, for your future. But uh, for me, I was focused on just coming out here every day and going to work. Does this make you? <laughs> nah, it's fine. Yeah, I feel I feel like I had to be there. You know, um, I'm in camp. Those guys aren't in camp right now, but you know, I still made time to get on the Zoom and, and listen to what everyone was saying. And I feel like it was important for me to be there because I mean, we got young guys who who will be who be up next, like um, JT, um, Najee, and JK Dobbins. So I feel like it was important for me for them to see my face and to hear my voice there. So, so it's important to everyone. What's happening this year, Nick? Does it make you appreciate what the Browns did when you came up for that second contract and all? Affected. I mean, some guys aren't getting that second contract, yeah. and you did get it. Yeah, it does. I mean, I've, I mean, it's easy for me to say because I, I, mean, I feel like, you know, the Browns definitely value, value us different. Um, you know, I, I feel good with, with what we got done, you know, years ago. But, um, and it's not the same for everyone. At the end of the day, we're all, we are all running back, so we all are together. But, you know, you know, it's a tough situation for everyone. Do you feel Kareem's situation is being affected by this trend? Uh, <clears throat> I'm not sure. I haven't talked to Kareem about it, but um, I'm sure. I'm sure it is in a way. I mean, it hurts us when guys sign for six million a year. I would say that that hurts a lot, and you know, just as a whole, because if they get one guy to do it, then they're going to push that for someone else. And yeah, it's just in a, we're in, we're in, we're in a bind, a tough spot. Is there? I mean, I don't know if this came up on Zoom call or anything. Is there? Is there some sort of collective action you guys can take? Or is it, is it, you guys thought that far. Uh, I don't think we got that far, but you know, it's, it's a lot of talks. We have a lot of options or so things we can do. But um, as far as right now, you know, we're looking for a call to action. I would say, but you know, I don't think I don't think anything was actually established as far as that aspect. But you know, we're still thinking of things we can do. Nick, do you feel like your value to this offense is still as high as it's ever been? Yeah, I do. Nick, they talk about wear and tear on running backs. Do you feel like though? I mean, you even go back from college that you you know you've never really had. I mean, you've had a workload on you, but not like. A big, big workload because you know in college you had Sony and here you had Kareem and and, and others. Do you feel like you know the kind of the tread still were there on the plenty of tread left on the tires? Where and tear hasn't gotten uh, I don't feel like that's a I feel like that's a myth in a way. I think everyone's different. You know, you can't say wear and tear just as a whole of every running back because I mean Derrick Henry, he's how many yards has he had and he's still rolling. I feel good. Um, I think we're on a position that 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 matters. Like you can see receivers who have hurt, been hurt and. It's never a situation of they're you know been hurt injury, injury prone or anything. They only say that with running backs, and I don't think that's that's fair for us. Why, why, why do you feel like they, they do it for you guys, but they don't do it for offensive linemen or or, or, or receivers? Because of the um, you know because they say we get hit every play, and we're more injury injury prone when we're all on the field doing the same thing. But only that applies to us, you know. And I mean, I would say if we're if we're taking the most risk and doing the most, then we should be valued more. Yeah. Have you gotten positive feedback from from other teammates, not necessarily running backs, in the whole situation? Um, I, you guys understand? Yeah, I feel like everyone can say that we're definitely um, we work harder than what we're valued. I mean, any, anyone would tell you that. Um, I mean, some guys in the meeting yesterday said, if you uh, for like a team scout, let's say Monday, we're playing a different team in the, um, the team meeting, the head coach is going to bring up their running back. You know, the first person they'll bring up is. How good is a running back? How can we stop him? And and that's just that's every team. I mean, I feel like every team that running back is that gets the team going. You know, we we um cowbell when we need something big, make a big play or a big run. You know, everyone's gonna look to the running back. Nick, it sounds like they're gonna do more out of the shotgun than that. But 
how's your feelings about that? I'm ready for whatever. You know, whatever we can do uh, to help this team win games, I'm all in. Does it make a difference for you as a running back? It does not make a difference, no. Why, I'm just curious, how are you able to win? It's not, I've heard some running backs like the, the under center. We all have preference. I mean, under center, you, you, you're you farther back, so you have more time, more, you'd be more patient with the ball. But, I mean, I'm able to switch it up to whatever we need to do. Nick, are you concerned, you know, this this trend now that's happening with the running backs, the trickle down to, you know, you, not just rookies and younger players in the pros, but all the way down to, you know, the grassroots level. I mean, <clears throat> the impact it had for kids who maybe want to play the position yeah. and, and, and debate whether they should. I mean, the stuff, I mean, what do you tell them? You know, you're going to go out there, because running backs are usually the strongest guy on the team. They usually are all hard workers. So what are you going to tell a kid that wants to be a running back? I mean, work hard and do all these things for to not get as much as your teammate who's not doing the same things as you. Um, I mean, it's tough, but I don't think, I hope it doesn't come to that. I think I think we will find a solution. How, if at all, do you think your role is going to change as this offense evolves into Sean's second season? Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, hopefully it'll be the same, you know. Be able to run the ball and pass the ball both in balance. Uh, I, whatever he wants to do would be his cause. I mean, it don't even got to be football. Whatever he's doing, gonna be supportive of him. I'm so far from having a kid. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how to answer that. Every off season, you kind of gear your personal training to get to this point. Uh, please. The video, the recent, yeah. Uh, squatting video. Yeah, I'm pleased. I feel good. You know, um, I did I did everything I wanted to do in the off season, so I feel like I'm good where I'm at. Did you see the personal best this year? Uh, yeah, I did. Do you have the number? Nah, I don't. <laughs> 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 yeah, it does. It does. I'm glad to know you're rated the number one running back in Madden. What that mean to you? Is that cool to see? It's definitely cool to see. I mean, as a kid, everyone plays Madden, and it's it's cool to actually be in the game for one. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's special. Did you play growing up? Yeah, everyone played Madden. <laughs> Nick, the thoughts of you could be next, or how many years you have left—is this new thoughts to you, or is this something that's, that's like what is? Like the thought of you could be next, uh, or just in general, how many years you might have left to be on top of your game? Is this stuff you've just recently started thinking about? No, I haven't thought about it. You know. Um, Every off season, I go in and do the same thing, hit the same numbers, uh, hit the same time. So, you know, I feel good where I'm at. Nick, oh. uh, you're the last uh, running back to receive a double division contract, I believe. Yeah. Uh, what does that mean? Yeah, it was perfect timing for me um, and my team, of course. We, um, we got it done. At the right time, I guess, because you know now it's kind of in shambles. But uh, yeah, I'm grateful that we we're able to get it done. How have you seen Jerome? How have you seen Jerome look so far since you know he got back? Jerome looks good. Um, he's fast. He's very fast. He's smooth. Um, he can do anything you ask him to do. He's a special player. Did you see? Did you notice a big difference in him in, in any way? He's more mature. I would say that he understands the the, um, <clears throat> the playbook. Understands what his role is and what he needs to do. And just overall, he, he's matured a lot, a lot more. All right, couple things on there. The did you set a personal record from Tony? Uh, yeah, I did, but sheepishly, like not wanting to be braggadocious about. Uh, yeah, 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 I did. And then, do you know what it was? No, I don't. That's not the real truth, Nick. You know that is 100%. not the real truth. He knows exactly he knows. to the pound 
how much no he did. question he knows yes. how much it is yeah you know so much has been talked there's so much about with the saquon and the contract and all of that and then there's so much about well how are you going to do it out of the shotgun and all of this one thing that isn't talked about nearly as much as i think it probably should be is nick chubb has never played with a quarterback like this he has right. never played alongside of weapons like this he has never looked at a defense and seen the space that this offense will provide him by the way as a pro and even at college at georgia He's never had a running back room kind of all to himself. He's always had right. to split. Yeah. So Georgia with, yeah. with some great players there, Sony Michelle, and he was there with Gurley before he was that. There with right? Gurley. Yeah. Yeah. And then here's the other thing. This is the first time in Nick Chubb's career as a member of the Cleveland Browns that priority one for the defense will not be stopping Nick Chubb. Yeah. So think about that. He has an opportunity. He's going to run against the lightest boxes of his career. He's going to have the opportunity to get into space more than at any point in his career. The days of teams putting eight and nine guys down there and daring the Browns to throw are over. The other thing that struck me on this is how foreign it must be for a guy who does what he does in the offseason that is in the physical shape that he is. Um, but this is the it's not anybody's fault on the beat because this is the mortality of the position. But he's 27, peak of his physical condition, and they're saying, well, how many years do you have left? And he's going, I'm 10 feet tall and bull. I I can play for five more years at this level, you know? Yeah, he's coming off a career year, new career high in rushing yards, had, you know, tied his career high in touchdowns with 12. I mean, yeah, Yeah. he is the only player. Last year he was the only running back to ever average five yards a carry in each of his first four full seasons. Cam Newton did it as a quarterback. He is now the only player. In NFL history to average yeah. at least five yards of carry in his first five seasons. Nick Chubb is, is so special, and we are so lucky uh, to have him and to be able to have watched his young career, and hopefully this is the time that he'll be running this team deep into the playoffs. And hopefully tomorrow as you look a peek ahead, maybe a little seven-on-seven seven to look forward to. Z like will break that. all of that down. Yeah, yeah Absolutely. Yeah. We, get a we have a new show, Training Camp Insider. Check that out on the Browns app as well as at our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Browns. I'm sure it will be posted on all our social media channels. And one of those segments of that show are is highlights. So we need a little seven-on-seven seven so Gerard and I can break down some highlights. <laughs> but it starts off uh, today, first one, and Cedric Tillman joins Gerard and I, and, and we go through what we saw on the field today. So Training Camp Insiders, our new show, so be sure to check that out. And there you go. The next level is coming up next. Thanks for listening, everybody. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and 850 ESPN Cleveland.